everyone, I'm Eric. Welcome back to a new episode of the SDR Game Podcast. Today, my guest is Andres De Frutos Zambrano, Global Sales Enablement of Pigment. Andres, welcome to the show. Eric, muchas gracias. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm very excited to join you. Yeah, same here. Super excited to have you. Uh, so before we start, can you explain um, what Pigment does uh, for, um, for the audience? So Pigment is a business planning and analytics platform for enterprise companies. I think you've had a few of our competitors uh, in, in your call. So I think Ashley uh, and her boss, I believe, operate in a similar environment uh, to us. But we're, uh, let's say, more like enterprise-focused versus their mid-market. So we sell to finance teams. Okay, it will be an interesting episode, actually, to talk about uh, a different segment. So uh, exactly. what's the size of Pigment today? So when I joined, we grow quick, so it's tough to keep track, but uh, I think we're 240 today. Um, and within BDRs, there's 30 of us, well, 30 of them. I, I used to be one of them and moved to enablement five months ago. And uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that at the beginning, but yeah, Andres was um, the number one BDR on the team uh, in Pipeline created. So we're going to focus on uh, his journey and uh, what he was doing and everything on that. So, uh, so let's talk about the, the SDR team. Um, so I know that you mentioned that today, that you mentioned to me, not the, the, in the recording, but you are in Toronto. So you are opening a new office and building a new team. Uh, what's the structure of the BDR team? Um, do you have any seg specific segment, but also region that you are going after? So we're uh, divided by regions. So we have our global head of business development in France, who looks after Europe and North America, which is where we operate. And we're divided by sub-regions within the region. So we have North EMEA, South EMEA, And then we have a team in the U.S. as well as a team now in Toronto, which I'm onboarding. And we're still looking for, for a BDR manager here. So shameless uh, job promotion in, in Eric's podcast. And uh, for Toronto, the team will be focused just on Canada or a part of the U.S. or how, what's, what's the plan? Great question. So Canada, there's a big chunk of the market that we can take here. There's a big incumbent a legacy provider that we compete against. Uh, and then there's, we might also give service to some of the sales leaders in, in the US as well, maybe more on the strategic accounts. But, but yeah, that's the idea. And how many SDRs do you have uh, in the North American region and uh, in Europe? Yeah, it's like half and half. So yeah, like around 16 and yeah, 15. Okay. Roughly. Let's talk about now the, the ICP. Um, what, which industry are you going after? Uh, do you have like a, a focus or is it you can go after every industry on the market? Yeah, so Pigment is a fully customizable modeling platform. Like what you do within Pigment is model out business logic, just like you do in Excel. So we can respond to pretty much any business model. Uh, that being said, we do have, we landed... We're opportunistic and landed in the tech, let's say computer software ecosystem, very focused on like B2B software, but then quickly went into financial services companies. Today we serve one of the biggest banks in France and big financial service providers as well as retail companies, manufacturing companies. Um, so yeah, very, very broad, I would say industry based, but our ICP, more than 100 million in revenue and more than around 
maybe a thousand headcount. What's really important for us is that we have at least four or five people within financial planning and analysis or revenue operations or workforce planning, which is the areas of the business which we're selling to. So it's more about the number of users and the need than the industry or, or type of company. Okay. Uh, so you started to talk about the team actually. So you said you, had, you need at least uh, five or four people on the team. So what's, uh, the, um, buyer personas you are, what are the buyer personas you are going after? Yeah, so who signs off is usually the chief financial officer. Um, and then the key users of the platform are the FP&A professionals. So FP&A is the area that gives insights to the CFOs on how to steer the business into a profitable direction. But FP&A has many components. Like you can have FP&A teams looking after costs or looking after revenues or looking after headcount or looking after sustainability ESG drivers. So it, it, it really depends. Yeah. What's ESG? ESG, uh, environmental, social, and governance standards. So we've built um, a use case in the platform for carbon accounting. So for companies to plan and control their carbon footprint. Now let's talk about the, the pains you are solving because I think what's interesting also to understand is uh, because you, you mentioned what Pigment does, but what are the, I would say, the three main pain or challenges uh, you're ha helping with? Usually how it's been done, financial planning is a lot of spreadsheet-based. There are some legacy incumbent providers in, in, in the space which we operate. The category of software is called EPM, Enterprise Performance Management. And the, the, the pain with spreadsheets is a typical pain that any industry can solve with spreadsheets. So error-prone, um, financial planning areas have to divide the model and like not have everyone look at each other's information. There's consolidation of data, manual tasks, etc. Then the EPM softwares that are the incumbents to ours solve for that, but they did it in a way that was very technically heavy. So it was a heavy lift to implement, and it was not very user-friendly, quite clunky tools. If you wanted to implement it and maintain it properly, you need to call your Deloitte guy and your very expensive consultants to revamp your models. So we've sort of matched the flexibility of a spreadsheet and the you know, power of a enterprise-ready modeling platform. And we've invested a lot in, a, in our user experience to solve for, for that pain and help CFOs and CEOs and revenue leaders and HR leaders to have a clear uh, understanding of where the business is at at every point of time and continuously make the right decisions to uh, stir the plan, into, stir the business into the right direction. You said something interesting uh, that actually at my current job uh, at Castor, it's pretty similar. We are going after a market for so it's the data space, but uh, the um, traditional providers, uh, generally when you work with them, it's the same. You need to talk to a consultant to help you uh, update or manage the system. So it's pretty, pretty time consuming and uh, costs a lot of money. So pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about you. Yeah, sorry, just to clarify in one point there, like, Pigment is a, is a modeling platform, so you do have to set it up. It's compared to like uh, Mosaic, which is where Ashley and her boss, I forgot his name, Matt. came from. Yeah, it's, that's like more like a templated solution that sits on spreadsheets. Pigment, you, you need to set it up. You need to implement it. It takes time. But then it's much easier to maintain, and you don't have to rebuild it every time your business model changes. 
So there is a lift in terms of implementation. It's not a plug and play, but we're really, it's something very new to the EPM market. Now let's talk about KPIs and uh, quota. Um, so what, what was your quota um, as a bidder? We get measured by sales accepted opportunities. So I had to find someone that had authority, need, uh, urgency, and a lot of money to implement the planning software. And I had to find 18 of those uh, per quarter, which was equivalent to 850K of pipeline. So yeah, that, that, that was the quota. So six per month. You said, uh, you said yeah, 16? Six yeah, per oh, month. No, uh, month. 16, 18. Okay, yeah, around no. six per month. And uh, did you have a specific KPIs to hit or did you need to set uh, your specific KPIs for yourself and uh, you know your conversion rates? So how, how, what was your process for that? We had like very high level standards, but because I joined the business, there was two other BDRs. I was the third one, but we were just building out the function. So we sort of set the standard. Um, I would say I tried to activate around 20 to 25 accounts per week. We have a very hyper-personalized approach. So it's not like high volume. It's really about building the relationship and yeah, getting through the very few accounts that we want to sell at. Because not, not everyone needs pigment. Like only companies at a certain stage will need something like pigment. When you say personalized, what triggers you are looking for, for example, to reach out to an account? Here I want to call out um, an amazing growth team and growth function that we've built out at Pigment. So we have, yes, 30 BDRs, but we have a team of engineers giving service to those BDRs and setting us up with the best automation workflows to automatically trigger insights that BDRs can use to, in their copywriting to, to get a response. So we use things like job posts, scrapping job posts to see what competitors they're using, um, seeing how when they go to customer review pages to compare our competitors against the ecosystem. We, yeah, we, what else? Like when they visit our website, um, things like that. And also when, when our champions, because we've created a quite intense uh, community of pigment fans in our user ecosystem. So when they move around from company to company, we make sure to track that and make that actionable for our BDRs to, hey, this person was a Deliveroo using pigment and now he moved to whatever company, let's go after him because he, he, we know he loves it. And so this sort of automations that we've built, it's, yeah, I think it's very advanced, more than I've seen in, in any company. Just for quick context, uh, I met uh, Andres' uh, boss, uh, Alexi, in Montpellier, actually, in France. Uh, and we were talking about this, the, the team he, he was building. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember it was a year, almost a year ago, and he was talking with me about this team that he was building. So it was interesting to, to see that. So um, can you explain uh, how it's working with the, with the engineering team? So do you have, like, um, a specific list of accounts and then they're doing the research for you or what's the process? We'd use like a account-based prospection approach. So each BDR starts the quarter with 80 to 100 accounts within an RICP. And then, so that's like the base, but then BDRs need to go through that list of accounts and like activate them or reject it or complete them to give a feedback to the growth team. And then as the growth team, um, 
as the quarter advances, we can also allocate accounts to BDRs based on insights. So this is in collaboration between the growth team and the BDR managers, as well as the account executives and our partners' ecosystem. So we're like, hey, we noticed that this company is implementing a tool because it mentions it in the job description, activate it. So they add like one more account to their book of business, which should be around max 100 accounts at one single point of time. What I'm understanding here, uh, if I'm maybe comparing to um, other teams, I know a few companies who are doing something fast stuff similar, not maybe the same team, but they don't have like the same team specifically. But here, the the job of, uh, of the BDR is to prospect. You don't need to manually research your accounts. Uh, you have a team to help you with that. So the, the, the main focus is to uh, focus on the revenue generating activities. Yes. However, they, the good BDRs are the ones who engage their brain. Like um, Edward, our, our head of growth, is, it's, it, he's built like an incredible process, but still a machine. So without the human aspect of going there and like analyzing what the job description is, how you can associate the description of the job description to pains that the competitor they have might, might have. So th without that like human, uh, hey, business, let's think about business model. How would they plan their business and how might their current setup be hurting their day-to-day -day so that we can position and spark curiosity in our technology? Now let's talk about time management, uh, do you have any morning rituals? Uh, what are the first uh, 60 minutes of your day looks like? So I always clean my inbox first thing in the morning. I think it's changed a lot since I was a BDR. When I was a BDR, my routine was the first, be the first one who gets there, be the last one who leaves. Uh, um, and usually... I had more energy in the, in the mornings. I struggled with energy uh, because there was a lot of cold calling. So yeah, usually cold block in the morning. Then I would like activate accounts in the afternoon, like push new accounts where I knew you know, I was really comfortable with. Just for some context, Eric. So I worked before being a BDR. I operated in management consulting, working with these types of tools. So with, one, with some of Pigment's main competitors. So I understood the problem we solved pretty well. And that's why... I was able to ramp up successfully. And yeah, that's why that, that part of activating accounts, finding pains, calling out possible pains was really natural to me. Um, but yeah, as far as time management, just super conscious about how you're spending your time. Like if I wasn't either impacting pipeline or ARR or hiring the next big talent for pigment, I would switch around the task I was doing. Um, but yeah, no specific like agenda for that. You said that you, you, you struggle with energy. So what, what do you mean by that? Um... When, when you first meet me, I can be a bit like shy, a bit nervous. So when you're cold calling uh, over the phone, that comes through. And it might put you in the, this is a guy cold calling me bucket really quick. So I really had to drink a lot of water, stand up when I was doing my cold calls. Um, and even my qualification calls, the, the same. Like I would get nervous. But yeah, that's... I think I powered through this. Okay, and so you said that you are drinking a lot of water. Uh, what else? What, what else help you get more energy? I think rejection helped me, like getting the first bad rejections. I was like, ah, you can get rejected, and my ego died, and it's not the end of the world. Like I'm still here, and then that helped me to be like, okay, this doesn't matter. I I have we have one BDR in our French office. 
uh, who's the top performing BDR. Like I was the top performing back then, but he was just ramping. This person blew, blows everyone out of the water. He's incredible. And he just doesn't care. Like he just doesn't care. He just calls and like a yes, a no. And he has this like amazing confidence and, but not arrogance, just like confident and like happiness. And so I, I also, I think learned a lot from him and seeing him ramping up when, when I was already like a ramped rep helped me a lot to say, okay, I need to emulate what he's doing. Did you know how to call call before joining Pigment or it was your first time call calling? First time cold calling, for sure. I'd never, I, I was like working in the operations very far from like selling software. When I first met Alexi, he was like, okay, like you have no idea what this role is about. Let me tell you. And I just wanted it in, into Pigment because I thought they were going to be the next big thing. And that's why I was like, okay, I'll try BDR, but not at all. Do you have any tips for BDR SDR who want to improve on, on cold calling? Yeah, pick up the phone. Like start trying and get some rejections and think of, be curious. Like it's not about yourself, like just spark curiosity, ask the right questions. And yeah, it's the cheapest way to book calls by far. Not because you will book calls over the phone, but because you can easily disqualify leads. So think of it as you're just saving time. You're making your life easier. You're calling because you want either a yes or a no and you want to move on to the next thing or you want to spend more, more time and more energy in this account. And this is like my recommendation. Just try and do it. Mock calls work for me a lot, like having like practice with the team and doing like mock exercises and, yeah, and having like somewhat script that works for you. For example, I always worked for um, permission-based approach. Hey, this is Andres calling with pigment. Do you have 30 seconds? And actually, because I struggled with, with energy, I would like make like a little giggle and I would be like, hey, this is Andres with pigment. I appreciate that I'm calling you cold. Do you have 30 seconds? Like almost like being like funny about the fact that I'm, I'm cold calling and that helped me. Actually, on cold call, so another thing is what I'm thinking about a call, you get, I'm not here only to book a meeting, but also to get some information because I think uh, you are going after a Big, big companies and generally it's you are not going to book something on the first call so you you will get some information uh, from someone on the team and then you can use that in your outreach so that's how i started when i was calling thinking about this this way instead of just hey i just need to book a meeting and that's it now it's even though i'm not booking a meeting at least i get some information that i can leverage uh, later our bdrs here we really sell calls like our product is pretty technical like if you're going to jump in with the CFO about their planning process, like they want to talk to someone who's an expert in the industry. So we do almost like sell calls like, hey, I'm not an expert, but I, like I noticed this or that and I thought it could be a good fit. And like some un try to uncover some more pain and if there is a project. So now let's go back on what you were saying earlier. The you said that before joining Pigment, you are working in the space. And when we are preparing this episode, actually, you mentioned that uh, you think that helps you get success really quickly because you already know uh, what CFOs are facing. So when you joined Pigment, um, how did you think about that? And um, can you explain what was your thought process about le learning? Maybe you already knew the space, but what was your process uh, when you joined Pigment to understand um, what? So it was, it was scary. It was scary. Uh, because, you know, I was very new to the space and... 
to the, I really knew that I wanted to transition into like high growth tech early seed and I wanted to sell into the CFO office because it's something that I knew um, but I, I, I wasn't expecting to be a BDR like I was thinking okay I'll, I'll go into the operations or enablement or FPNA but Alexi was like the in into the business you're smart undressed but you need to do your duty as a BDR so I approached it as like I have a competitive background like I was I grew up competing in the discipline of squash. I was a national champion in my home country, Colombia, growing up. And it's quite a tough sport. You need to run a lot, hit the ball many, many times perfectly to win one point. And this is the BDR job. Like, you just need to hit, hit the ball and hit and hit and hit and keep trying and keep trying and never give up and you know, resist more than the other ones. So I think that mindset really helped me. Uh, and my amazing teammates, like really Pigment, the best thing about Pigment is the team that we've built the talent that we've secured. And I think they just gave me the confidence that I needed to, yeah, to build relationships. And, and having a, a good product that I know adds value was, was huge into that. So I would recommend like, look for products that you're really backing up, that you really know that you're not disturbing people's day, but you're actually going to solve their, one of, some of their issues they might be facing. Exactly. So now let's focus more on the pains because I know we already talked about this uh, at the beginning, but uh, in your previous roles, uh, what do you think was super helpful for you at Pigment in your BDR role? So it was actually the role that my consulting firm had in these type of projects was uh, advising and selection. So we would, we, it would be like 10-week projects. We would go to like an industri industrial manufacturing company and they would have a, a planning process in place, so a financial planning process. So we would go two weeks, diagnose what their process looks like, um, gather some pain points uh, in organization, in processes, and, and tooling. Like, tooling was a big piece of it. And I encountered one of our main competitors that I, I really fell in love with the technology. Like, I, I thought, okay, these tools, now that I understand them, they add a lot of value and save a lot of time. And I think this is what really helped me position myself as an expert and also position our technology like something that has never seen before. Today, how do you, not being maybe keep relevant, but how do you still learn about your prospects? Prime? Do you listen to some podcasts or what's your, your, your process with it? We, we, we're a big fan of Gong here at Pigment. Uh, And so, you know, we're on a daily basis having conversation with finance leaders of the best of the best companies in the world. And that's very insightful because you understand how they look at their business and what they might be going through, hearing their experience with legacy providers. Um, yeah, and with like spreadsheets. So, yeah, that's how I keep up. I should probably, yeah, keep updated, you know, talk more to our customers Uh, talk more to our prospects, but yeah, now that I'm in enablement, I'm sort of like in the background and I let the the product marketing team do that. They do a great job as well. What do you prefer? Do you prefer to listen to Gong Skull or what's your preference? A lot of Gong. Yeah, a lot of Gong. Um, a lot of listening to how others approach it and how you can make it yours. Um, but yeah, lots of Gong. I was in the leaderboard of Gong I think, yeah, every week as a BDR as well. 
also something you mentioned when we were preparing this, something you that you think helped you to succeed was multi-threading. Can you explain what was your approach with multi-threading uh, for, for the residents? So I would do like blocks. So I would have my, my sequences, so my like cadences with emails. Within my sequences, I wouldn't have calls. I would actually book call blocks, like two-hour power hour blocks, where I would go through all of the people that I've put into sequence to call, to call them. Um, so, and I did the same with LinkedIn. So I had LinkedIn blocks. I, while activating an account, I added every single relevant person into LinkedIn. And I would go to like my recent connections and we have templates uh, in LinkedIn. We use a surf for that. And I, usually if low level contacts, I would just say like, hi, like, hi. And like, boom, hi, 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 hi. Uh, and then, you know, in a few days, another power block, I would follow up with like, hey, this is the reason why I reached out, like very like low friction, very friendly, very like, hey, I'm reaching out more for, you know, building a relationship, career progression than more than selling some, something. And then eventually, you know, shift the conversation to, hey, I might just want to sell software or, yeah, book a call. You said you start the conversation with hi with um, a, a person with maybe not a decision maker. So you, you do you just say hi first name and that's it. And you're... hi first name and they respond. And if they respond, they're much likely to respond again. So yeah, there you're you're like hi, and then you might bring some relevance. But just be curious about their role. Like, hey, what do you you like? I saw that you're an FPA analyst. Like, what 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 does that mean? Like, I'm new to this space and. It, is that does that influence does that involve like tooling at all or is it or do you plan in spreadsheets or and so they start giving you information then you can leverage that information to to contact high level persona you ask a question about hey i'm new to the space so to first to start le learning about the persona and then you start asking questions about stuff we are relevant to pigment or what are you doing to the to the like what we call board contacts like just put the dart on the board and then there's ring and then there's the bullseye so the board contacts just speak to them about their role uh, about how they interact with tool tooling how they interact with planning cycles how they collaborate what they might be facing in terms of pains and but but yeah not about pigment and then as you move like higher up we try to be more punchy like hey I'm not gonna wait three emails to tell you what I'm doing. Like, this is what we do, and this is why I think I'm a good fit. But we need to find that information first sometimes with, like, lower-level contacts, and that's why LinkedIn was also super key. And you did that with every account? Uh, because I'm asking you, because generally I know some SDR, they prefer to do the top-down approach, um, but here it seems like you are doing more like a bottom-up approach. T today we have BDRs who do the top-down approach. I did it in some accounts as well. Like, if... You know, if, if you're trying to sell to a company that has, let's say, 600 people and they're barely in an ICP and they have five or six people within our, let's say, um, desired users, then I wouldn't use the board approach ne necessarily. But let's say if you're prospecting a huge company like Coca-Cola, like Coca-Cola, like where do you start, right? Like who, who handles this? You have no idea. You need to first like find some information to not blow so much steam. So as we go up market, because Pigment, that's what we want to do. We have the tech to sell to the biggest banks in the world, to the biggest companies in the world. And this darts approach will be more and more important for us moving forward.
Yeah, and also it's more relevant when you reach out because, like you said, you when you're reaching out to the right person, you have re relevant information. It's not like trying to find something um, personal about the person. No, it's relevant to the business right now. Exactly, and it's finding about the person. Like I think the biggest success is hey, who's the right person? And you reach out to the person. Hey, I talked to this person who mentioned the use of X tool. Um, was curious to you know pick your brain and. You know, discuss some of the trends in the very low friction. What do you do first on, on occasions? Is it do you send an email? Do you call? Uh, do you connect with the person on LinkedIn? What's your first touch? So the first thing is connect on LinkedIn, but just because of my workflow, like I would part of our growth team is we have like buttons to automatically go to Sales Navigator and find the the best persona right away. So I would go from Sales from my Salesforce account layout click on sales nav finance button, and then I would have all the people and I would go connect, 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 connect. Uh, and then I would um, go to their profiles, add them to the CRM with Surf, and then add them to a sequence in outreach. We use outreach here. And yeah, and usually I put them in, in, into sequences. And so I have my first email. If I have a good reason to reach out, like if I have a good insight, and I have something relevant to say, call, double tap. But if I have nothing relevant to say, just put them into like more like marketing type uh, emails. So yeah, you, yeah, okay, you still. Good call first, always call thing. first okay. because it's cheaper. You know, it's, uh, yeah. You want to get that no or that yes quickly. And so although you're saying you use the permission-based opener and then you, you're so love when you do your introduction. Mm -hmm. uh, then what's your approach on, on the call call? I'm asking that because I know some people have different approaches. You know, some people, they want to use some information they, they found. So you, I know you, you are doing that in some point, but also some, some other people, they are more focused on the three main, uh, main, cha main challenges the, the solution um, are solving. So what's your approach? So yeah, my approach was the insights that we found, I would action them. So if I call you, it's because I have a reason to call you. So, hey, I was navigating this and I noticed that this um, and I was curious about this. And then find information, and, yeah, sit in silence and yeah, don't pitch, like never pitch on the phone. Can you give an example? Because you said, yeah, I found this and then I'm curious about this. So can you give a, a specific example? One of the incredible things that a growth team does is that they scrap projects. Uh, they find like the, the right projects in the web. So, for example, they say, okay, Castor, they're implementing an FPNA tool because they're hiring an FPNA analyst with uh, this job description of experience implementing X and Y and Z tools. So you're like, hey, this is Andres. I'm calling you cold. Do you have 20 seconds? And I'll very quickly tell you why I'm calling you. And they're like, sure. And I'm like, okay, I know you're not expecting my call, but I'm actually, you know, um, an, uh, an FPNA professional. I was navigating... Uh, some jobs in your scope, and I noticed that you might be implementing a tool. Uh, and I was just curious to know about your background in tooling and if you're involved in the evaluation. We are almost at the end of the episode, so I have uh, the last question uh, that I'm going to ask you. So tell me about your favorite or hardest meeting you've booked. There was one where we got really late to the party, and some, some person had told me, in a perfect ICP company, like beautiful financial services companies in the UK, like 
probably the biggest mistake I've made in my pigment career so far was missing this project because it, it, I got the credit because we got the chance to show the product, but we were late and we lost to our main competition. But uh, I got to speak to the BP of finance and I told them, look, I know you're going to implement this tool, but actually the, like, the investors of this tool actually sold and invested in pigment because of this and this. And, and I was like pushy and... I I got I eventually got through, secured, got a chance to like show the product, but it was it was too late. It already like, yeah, it'd been too far. And then I, I had a really cool one also. Now we were we really try to source uh, advisory partners as well. Like we're really trying to build relationships with the people that recommend to enterprise companies what tools to use, and that's a bit of a challenging being a Series B small French company. And my company is very focused, my ex-consulting firm, very focused on the enterprise space. And through the CFO of my old consulting firm, which is a 5K employee company, I was able to get into, uh, into get pigment in front of them to, you know, be considered in the selection process. We're still early, but that was really cool to talk to, like, partners in my old firm and be like, hey, I'm on the other side now. You know, maybe I'll bring you some business from the outside or, you know, I, yeah. So that, that was really cool as well. What's your favorite resource to grow as a BDR? I have like the, just the vision of BDR pigment. And so it was a lot about like the nailing our ICP, our buyer persona, the problem we solve. I do listen to, for example, your, your podcast, Eric, to benchmark with other BDRs. I think you do an amazing job. Um, I don't do enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't do enough. I, there's a, you know, I follow, obviously, the, all the like financial planning influencers to see what they're saying, what they're like, what the people in the market are saying, and I also follow like some of the SDR influencers um, to see what they're saying and what they have to say. Can you give specific examples for SDR influencers that other SDRs can follow? So, off the top of my mind, um, so the BP of sales at, of Clary, what's his name? Kyle Coleman. Yeah, Kyle Coleman. I like him. Um, I like this uh, German uh, girl that was at Sales Loft and then launched his, his own company, her own company. What's her name? I'm really, I have really bad memory, by the way. Matja. Uh, Matja, uh, I like her. I like her a lot. Uh, who else do I follow? Uh, Jed. You know Jed? He's more around like enablement and like sales more than BDR. But I, I really like her as well. And, uh, and I love Lavender. Like, so I love Lavender CEO's posts. Uh, Lavender is a great resource to follow. And yeah. Do you have a favorite tool in your tech stack? I love the automations that our growth team has built. Uh, so I think our fa my favorite tools are home, homemade, <laughs> home cooked. But I love Gong. I definitely love Gong. Uh, I have it in my phone and I take it everywhere. And yeah, I really like Gong. I enjoy... Yeah, mostly, mostly Gong was like my, my favorite tool. Do you have a favorite? Right now, I would say Sales Loft. And why? It's because I've prospected for the first two months on HubSpot. So that's why I'm, I'm really <laughs> <with Sales Loft laughs> right now. And I had a question about Gong. Uh, which part of the, um, the call do you like to listen the most? Do you have a specific part? Or so are you listening to the full, full call? Or what's your process? Yeah, so... Cold calls, I, would, I, I listen to a lot of cold calls to give feedback to the BDRs. But then when I was a BDR, I used to, like the first stages of 
of calls. And I would also, the deals that I sourced, I would make sure to track on Gong from the end to end to understand, okay, how, what does it take to, because as BDRs, you make the prospect aware of pigment, you basically sell the lead to the sales organization and then they run like a very long sales process to bring them home. And understanding what happens in those nine months is important to this like first piece of prospection. So yeah, definitely no specific part of the call, just the whole sales process. The, I'm doing exactly the same. So the, I love to listen to the, the first call and then obviously check the rest. But the first call, I'm listening to the problems they are mentioning. Generally, is, hey, we they are giving the context on where they are today and what they want they try to solve because that's something I can use in my outreach after. Because for me, I'm, I, I didn't do this the same as you. So you, you are already you know the pain of your prospects. So it, Maybe uh, you don't need to listen to calls to know that. But for me, for example, right now with data leaders, I need to listen to those calls to say, hey, what's first to understand the space because I'm really new to uh, data and it's hard for me to understand a lot of technical terms they are using. But then two, why they are using, going to use something like Castor. Uh, and they are giving specific reasons for that. And what I'm trying to find is like common patterns that I can, you know, uh, because sometimes it's like a specific situation and well, it's not like something you can maybe talk to other data leaders, but I want to find like patterns. Yeah, similar. What advice would you give to a smart and driven new SDR and what advice should they ignore? What advice should they ignore? Um, I'll start there. Don't get caught up in analysis paralysis. Like, just go for it. Like, join a company and a culture that lets you just make mistakes, break things, try new things, and, like, don't, don't stay where you are. Like, always be moving, but don't mistake motion uh, over impact. Like, always think, am I bringing revenue? Am I bringing pipeline? Or if you're in a fast-growing company like mine, or am I helping to hire the best of the best talent? If you're not doing one of those three, switch what you're doing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's and, and do it because it's an incredible skill that I apply every day in every interaction that I have, really. What I've learned as a BDR has changed my life uh, in so many ways and I'm so grateful I did it and I'm so grateful for my star BDR teams of, in, in, in Toronto, in the US and in, in, in Europe. And what's the advice? Do go be a BDR and think why you're doing it. I think many, many times, just I think if you're doing a BDR just to, get, uh, just to get a paycheck, I don't think it's the right job. I think if you're doing BDR, think of why you're doing it and where you want to go. And if you want to be a leader and if you want to make a big impact, like that's, I think, the, the, the right place for a BDR. Well, unless... Thank you so much for Thanks being so on the show today. It was a great conversation. So, but before we um, finish the episode, do you have something else you want to share with the audience? No, we shameless plug more. We're hiring full steam ahead at Pigment. So in BDR, but also in sales and product engineering support. Uh, check us out. Very exciting stuff. And Eric, see you in Mexico, maybe. Nos tomamos, comemos unos tacos. Vamos. Vamos. Un abrazo. Thanks a lot. It was nice really to see you. Yeah, me too.
Yeah, me too. And uh, for everyone listening, thank you for listening and I'll see you yeah. on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks all for listening. Bye-bye.